Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Today we begin a new series called Worshiping in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And for most of us, there's a great mental image, a memory of what that all looks like, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. For some of our younger set, they may have no relationship to that at all. And I'll just tell them it was the precursor to that which we have today called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood premiered on February 19, 1968. Fred Rogers, after graduating with a degree in musical composition from Rollins College, just up the road here, went to New York City for the NBC. Later, he left there for Pittsburgh for WQED. In 1954, he began what became a seven-year run in, uh, of writing and producing and, and serving as the puppeteer for Children's Corner. After earning a divinity degree from Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, he was ordained by the United Presbyterian Church in the United States. And they asked him, interestingly enough, to continue his television work. Rogers made his first on-screen debut in 1963 on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's Mr. Rogers. And then in 1966, he came back to QED, and where he show, the show became Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which began syndication on February 19, 1968. The golden anniversary must be the reason that, uh, of, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for all the resurgence of the interest and uh, production of programs about Mr. Rogers. Uh, his life touched so many people in our country. And so there's a great documentary. I, I encourage everyone to see it about Mr. Rogers. And, then the, and of course, the movie Tom Hanks, where he plays Mr. Rogers, another great story. Thinking about neighborhoods in positive light, considering the importance of neighbors and neighborhoods, recalling the, the lessons of what makes a good neighbor may never have been more apropos than it is today. There seems to have been a recent history of our country, at least, a dearth of neighborliness. This would be tragic in any culture, uh, among any people, but it is tragic to an exponential degree when it happens among Christians, followers of Jesus. You may remember the, the day that an expert in the law came to Jesus and he said, teacher, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was trying to, to test Jesus. Well, Jesus responds to his question with another question. What's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus commended this expert in the law. You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Luke writes about this guy, but he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus' answer is the story we know, the famous story of the Good Samaritan. 
At the end of the story of neglect by the priest, neglect by the Levite, and help from the Samaritan, Jesus asked his tester, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus instructed, go and do likewise. In an age crying out for neighborliness, uh, we, we followers of Jesus must recognize in every captive, in every hungry, in every suffering, in every naked, in every uh, ex- excluded, in every imprisoned, in every lonely, in every needy, in every addicted, in every abused person, in every person, we must recognize our neighbor. Back in 2006 and again in 2008, Charlie Stewart, one of our locals here, was was a candidate for the United States House of Representatives for our district. During the campaign, one night at a meet and greet at a friend's house, he was answering questions from 20 or so people attending. Most of them were part of a Christian church and professed belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the questions was from a man who, along with his wife, shared a high profile in the community and in their church. His question was, Charlie, what will you do about illegal immigration on the southern border? Well, the popular response, even back in 2006 and 2008, from many would be build the wall or deport them. But Charlie responded with a question. What do you think we should do? And without a hesitation, his questioner said, build a wall. How high would this wall be, Charlie asked. The, report, the response was 30 feet, to which Charlie replied, what do we do if they use 40-foot ladders to climb over? Without pausing, he said, shoot them. <laughs> Charlie writes in his book, I said, oh, on that answer, we, are, we part company as both Americans and as Christians. I didn't get his vote, he said. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34 says, The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you are foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God, or shoot them. (laughs) Uh, Neighborhoods are amazing places. These, these houses or apartments or condominiums in proximity creating the possibility of a neighborhood. Neighborhood can be defined as a, a district of a larger place that creates community. I live in College Park, and, and Vicki and I, we love our neighborhood. Uh, I go to Rotary in College Park. We love to eat out at the restaurants in College Park in our neighborhood. We, uh, we connect with other people, neighbors, shopping at our neighborhood publics. There's, there's an interesting little piece of advice in Proverbs about being a good neighbor. I was surprised to find this. It says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and they will hate you. Proverbs 25, verse 17. What would change in our world if, if we appreciated and approached all of people everywhere each morning. If, if, we, if we thought about all the folks on our entire globe each morning, mindful of the words of Fred Rogers' song, Won't You Be My Neighbor? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty world. A neighborly day for beauty. Would you be mine? 
could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please, won't you please, please, won't you be my neighbor? It might be a good exercise. Uh, It'd be a a self-reflective exercise, maybe even an embarrassing exercise to ask ourselves, who is it that we don't want to sing this song to or say these words to? Jesus calls us to be a neighbor to everyone. Everyone has needs and meeting needs is neighborly thing to do. And so everyone, everyone is a neighbor. A neighbor, a good neighbor, uh, a neighbor brings confidence and pleasure to our lives. So on, on the other hand, what is it that brings our, our lives fear? Of course, there's uh, right now this thing called COVID-19 that has brought some sense of fear to our whole world. There's economic fear with jobs that have been lost and on one side, and then, of course, the economic rescue and, and that someone must pay for at some point on the other. There's fears of a coming inflation. There's fears of police on one hand and fears of not having them on the other. Fear I won't get what I want or get my way. There's, there's, there's fear of change. And then from our fears, it's a very short path from fear to anger. Right now, so many are mad at so many in our world. You can, you can watch it on the evening news, see it on your scroll through Facebook, read it in tweets. Does it matter that as a follower of Jesus, a, a believer in the Bible, are we taking into account the 365, 365 places in our Bible that command, order, or at least advise us to fear not? The first week of the national broadcast of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, it focused on King Friday the 13th's fear. Uh, Some of those uh, in his kingdom were moving their houses around, (laughs) causing change, and King Friday didn't like the the change. At first, there is some fear that change of the change, which quickly moves to anger, and his solution is to build a wall around his castle with border guards to regulate the coming and going and to attempt, attempt to, to um, stop the change. He gets angry with some of the folks in his kingdom because they are, they're changing things. Now, fortunately, as the week went on, uh, by the end of the week, King Friday has decided that change isn't all bad. He removes the border guards and the walls and the neighborhood list returns and, and, uh, and is restored. Simple in a make-believe world of a TV set, yeah, that's easy to do. In our very real world, what we fear, what, are, what, are, what we don't know, we fear what we don't know. Uh, we, we don't understand. In our experience over the past few months with the virus, much that has fueled our fear are all the unknowns about this thing. How is the virus transmitted? When are we actually able to transmit it? What will the effects be? How effective will the medications be? Do the doctors know how to care for us? Uh, Even if we get all those answers, there's still the question about how might it affect me and 
the fear of maybe I'm high risk and don't even know it right now. And all the unknowns raise our level of fear. So what we do is we look to experts and then we get sort of angry. <laughs> they, we anger that they don't know more. And, and then sooner or later, they, they give you one uh, instructions and they change their instructions. And we don't celebrate their new learnings. We are just angry that they've changed on us and we want it to be the same. At the same time, all the other issues in our world continue. Racial injustice, immigration, national uh, coming election, all the ads are already starting, the economy. We couldn't predict what was happening before, and now it's really gotten even more unknown. But in our real-life world, are resolutions possible? Can, Can there be a fostering of neighborliness where Fears can subside and anger be reduced. For some, there is the temptation to deal with all of this change in our world in the same way as King Friday. Either wall it in or wall it out. But but this can't be the solution for those of us who are part of Whole Life Church. Our mission is to love people, unqualified, love people into a lifelong friendship with God. This is about friends introducing friends, to to love people enough to become their friend and and then introducing them into a friendship with God. And walls simply get in the way of this divine work. That's why it's our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Churches are unfortunately notorious for going the King Friday route and building walls. Walls only serve two purposes, either to keep someone in like prison walls or to keep someone out like fortress walls. Churches have erected walls of agreement, belief structures, theological constructs, belief and traditions, all these practices, these walls that must be scaled prior to believing that you belong. The Israelites of Jesus' day had clear clarity about a spiritual heritage wall, and that they were on the inside and all the non-Israelites, all the foreigners were on the outside. Paul writes to the Ephesians, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought through the blood of Christ near. For he himself is our peace who has made the two, Israel and all the foreigners, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing in his flesh the law and its commandments and regulations. For for through him we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Fear of the unknown is why there is a fear of change. And our fears can can escalate to anger or, or we can seek to know and be known and have understanding. Knowledge and understanding quell our fears and deflate our anger. I remember when I took our family to Europe for a month's vacation. Neither Vicky nor I had ever been to Europe. We had heard stories of people's successes and disasters. All the unknowns of where we'd stay and how we'd get around and the, the exchange rates and how that all works caused some uneasiness and fear of the unknown. I remember going to our travel agent and she's like, you're taking your family to Europe and just driving around and you don't have a definite plan, but, but she quells some of our fears. We bought Rick Steves' book, Europe Through the Back Door. 
And after meeting with the travel agent and getting the book, I began to reduce the number of unknowns. And by summer, we were ready for the adventure. Coming to understand, to know, reduces fear and anger. We can get all up in arms as someone cuts us off in traffic and, you know, really want to go tell them off. But then we pull up beside them and look over and recognize we know that person. And then we just wave. And because we know them, we may even make excuses for their rude behavior. Jesus gives us some wise counsel in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 25. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. The way you settle things is you talk about them. You have conversations. Talk it out. Tear down the walls of misunderstanding. Tear down the walls of selfish exclusion. And seek not just to be known, but to know. Become as the church, the body of Christ, the safe place to have conversations and to know and be known, to reveal ourselves to one another, to come to understand each other. And make the choice to live without walls as the hands and the feet of Jesus, serving people and being a good neighbor. I invite you to bow your heads for the benediction. And now, God, we praise you for your merciful grace, for your unfailing love. By your grace, we are healed and renewed. By your grace, we seek to understand our fears and anger and the fears and anger of others. By your grace, our lives can proclaim and glorify you. So we go now to be good neighbors to all your children on your planet. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.